0: Welcome back to episode 2 of Top 5 with Max and Max. I'm Max. I'm also Max. Our
1: guest today is Eli Stones, one of the two guys in the DJ duo Two Friends.
0: We talked to Eli about the top 5 party colleges in the country today.
1: There probably isn't anybody more qualified to have this conversation with us than Eli because Two Friends is one of the most popular DJ groups in the world, they've toured everywhere and if you've ever been to a college party you've probably heard their big booty mixes.
0: The Big Boobie Mixes on SoundCloud have over 50 million combined streams. They just released a new single, Looking at You. So without further ado, here's our interview with Eli Soans of Two Friends. Eli, thank you so much for coming on to the show today.
2: Oh, thank you guys. Happy to be here.
0: So it was special this morning because we always listen to hype music before an interview. And today it was a big booty mix, not just for anybody, but for the guy who created them. I've got to ask you this do you ever listen to those yourself to get hyped?
2: So the funny thing is honestly not really. Like me and Matt, it would be rare that we would be the ones putting it on. But I will say it is fun sometimes. Like, you know, if we're going over to a friend's place or some type of pregame, if someone else puts it on, it's it's kind right. of fun to, to enjoy it and just cause we spend so many hours making them, but then once we release it, we kind of like, you know, we're kind of like over, I've heard it way too many times. So we lose a little bit of the enjoyment. So then, you know, as a couple months and years go by, like I forget where it was, but someone, we were at some some someone's house and they were playing Big Booty 7. And it was like, wow, like I've not heard that in five <laughs> years. So that that was fun to kind of just get a, get to a enjoy it.
1: How long does it take to put one of the mixes together?
2: Um kind of hard to really say because it's it's not really something that we have like we focus on only like it's kind of in the background while we're working on a lot of other stuff you know a lot of other original songs and other remixes and usually not right now obviously but usually we have a much busier traveling touring schedule so it's kind of like do a month or so in the background of kind of just getting all the prep work done finding all the songs and then really buckle down for like two and a half weeks to really put it all together.
0: So, Eli, let's start the story uh, before it was two friends, and it was you, and you're in college, you're at Vanderbilt, right? Yep, yep. So, how was college as an aspiring DJ? Were you performing in college?
2: Not a ton. Towards the end, we started to, but yeah. So, Matt and I actually we we officially started two friends right at the end of high school, like you know, a, a couple of weeks before we graduated high school. But then, yeah, we split up for college. I went to Vanderbilt. Matt went to Stanford. Um, and so, during college was definitely when we kind of built the whole foundation, started putting out music, built up, you know, the team around us. And then I would say second half of college, still not much, but that's when we started to do do a few more shows. So it was like maybe one or one per month or two. We, you know, so really not a lot. But we, yeah, we'd leave. Uh, like we were at different schools, so we'd we'd leave and meet in a city and. Do a quick show together and then head back to school. It was a pretty did funny. You, did you guys you know, graduate? Yeah, yeah. So we ended up we graduated in 2015, um, and that was you know right around senior year was when things really started looking. Still not, you know, we weren't making money, but things were looking good just in terms of like momentum and and feeling like we're growing. So so yeah, that you know senior year came around and we kind of decided we're close to graduating. Let let's let's buckle down, finish up you know school and then went right into it right after graduation
0: were you ever tempted to just drop out just so you have the whole college dropout elite school mystique i mean come on the list of people who've done that is unbelievable <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah i mean that's funny but uh yeah i think like financially we weren't really making much so it was kind of harder to justify like who cares really how many plays you have on soundcloud right if you know if at the end of the day no one's wants you to play shows and no one's buying tickets. And so I think we, it it was almost like a luxury to kind of have, to be able to take it a little slower instead of feeling like, oh shit, we just dropped out of school. Now fuck, like we got to hustle so hard. It was more like, all right, let's finish up this year. Let's get everything ready. And then that way, when we do graduate we're feeling even better and we're ready to go.
1: Now, is there a point when you're doing this where you go from, you know, occasional trips to different cities to perform or performing at parties to next thing you know you've got you know 7 million streams on soundcloud at, at what point does it kind of hit you that like this is real you're blowing so, up
2: yeah i mean it's all, i think the shows i think are a big step up because when you see all the numbers on you know on spotify or soundcloud or whatever like it's kind of hard to really it, they're not super concrete like it, it you know it's just a number but you don't really know what that means so i think when you finally start doing shows and you see people coming to actually see you That's when it really, really is like, wow, like this is, this is the result of, of our hard work. And I think there was kind of a, not like an overnight thing or anything at all, but there was a turning point about a little less than a year after we graduated. So like, I'd say the first like nine months after graduation, we were still doing like barely any shows and, you know, we're definitely starting to get a tiny bit, not, not really worried and not really frustrated, but just anxious of like, all right, you know, everything's going well, seemingly online and with our music and up, you know, our stuff's getting on the radio and we're having better collaborations. So like everything was looking good, but it just still was like, we want to be doing more shows. And then I just have a memory of it. Like, so it must've been February of 2016. We started, it was like the first time where we actually had like three things in the same weekend. And we're like, where it was like, wow, like this is not just like one, yeah, yeah, not, not just one, you know, college party every two months. But it was like, all right, like we have a full, we're going to these three cities, pack our bags, let's go. And then actually it just, well, you know, then while we're doing those shows, our, our agent confirms shows for the next weekend. And honestly, that pretty much started a cycle where from February, 2016 until coronavirus, we barely had any weekends off. We were kind of just like in it.
0: Well, we're going to get into, as you know, this show's top five with Max and Max, so we're going to cover the top five party schools later. But before we go into that, and we know you've been to a lot of those, Eli. So we're, <laughs> we're going to have to cover that in a second. There's an interesting thing. I, you know, When Max and I were talking about this, we realized it's interesting how many famous DJ duos there are. I mean, between Daft Punk, the Chainsmokers, Axwell and Grosso, Galantis, it, there are a lot of – famous dj duos and it's interesting just in terms of why is that true in the edm world i I don't even know if it is technically true it just seems like a pattern how is what what's special about the dj duo
2: yeah i mean it's there's definitely a ton of them there's also a ton of solo djs so you know i think i think for us i think it just made it more fun because matt and i you know we knew each other since we were 12 years old so like we would always hang out and mess around anyway like you know we before we were making electronic music we'd just open up garage band and like make weird things in garage yeah. band so like i to us it was just it wasn't like a calculated business move of like we need you know we need two people but it was just like right. yo dude like i'm at your house hanging out this weekend you want to let's let's start making some music it could be fun it was a you know it wasn't as like totally spontaneous like that but i think it just really started as we hang out all the time and we. We both like music. We both have similarities. Like let's just do it together. And then as you do it, you learn like being a duo, there's a lot of cool things where like you basically, you know, there's a lot of stuff we obviously do together. So like, we'll basically, a lot of days we'll start and end the day together. So we'll we'll get to the studio. We'll for the first hour or two hours, we'll like handle some of the bigger picture stuff, whether it's, you know, phone calls with the team or kind of creative decisions for videos and content and social media. And then we'll then we'll shift to like, all right, now let's talk about the music game plan for today. Here are the songs we're working on, here are the action steps for each of those songs. Boom, let's go. And then we kinda, you know, obviously we're not like we don't like to leave each other and don't speak, but at that point we kind of, you know, can break it up into, you know, do two two separate things at the same time and then kind of meet up at the end of the at the end of the day and kind of, you know, figure out whatever other loose ends. But like, so I think yeah, honestly, we have a lot of respect for the solo DJs because especially with the travel, like it's it's hard. It's hard enough with two of us and to do all of the things, just yourself, to focus on the music, the traveling for the shows, the social media, the business, every part of it by yourself is definitely definitely tough. Which, which DJs
1: have been either most influential for you or who, who do you just like a lot? I mean, here are some of the DJs? Um,
2: I mean, I think early on, the big ones were like Avicii, Swedish House Mafia, um, alesso i it's we we kind of first got into it at the end of high school Coachella was a big thing we because we grew up in los Angeles and Coachella was like a big thing every year in our high school where it got to the point it was pretty funny it got to the point where our school canceled the friday of Coachella so many people would would ditch school anyway that they ended up officially canceling it oh and, my and, and, and like adding a school day to the end of the year because they just it would you know it would be like less than half the kids would show up because everyone was that. That's
0: so funny. That's like in Pennsylvania, they canceled school for the first day of deer hunting, but the Southern right. California. That
2: Coachella, Coachella. That's our Coachella. <laughs> yeah. And it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty funny. It's kind of cringy to think about, but uh, <laughs> uh so yeah. So like we went, we, we went honestly probably earlier than we should have been. Cause one of our friends, moms was like in the music industry and got some tickets. So we went when we were like 13 years old and pretty much every year after that. And like, Wow. that was so the, this is around 2007 2008 when we first started going and i don't know if you guys have ever been but there's one of the stages called the sahara tent and that's kind of like the dj electronic music tent and we we didn't even really know anything about the music but that was just always the most fun tent and so we would just be like we would just be so fascinated and we'd look up and the dudes you know i remember like we saw i mean we saw every we saw uh David Ghetto was there. Afro Jack was there. Uh, Avicii wasn't at Coachella, but we saw him somewhere else. We saw, like, uh, I remember Travis Barker, DJ AM. They were an unreal duo. They performed there. And then this also wasn't at Coachella, but I remember seeing Porter Robinson was a big one where when I saw him, I think I was, I think I'm only, like, a year or two younger than him, and I saw him, I think it was in Nashville, and it was, like, that was just one of those things where it's, like, wow, like, this is a kid. He's a year older than me, and he's just crushing it on stage right now, like, you don't you know there's that's what we kind of loved about it initially is it's so there's so few barriers to, to just start out you know just get a program on your laptop get some headphones and like that's all you need and eventually you'll get more equipment or whatever but like you can really just dive right in
1: well you know i think i think you're only a year older than me so this is inspiring me to pick up my computer after this and throw it together my own Hell yeah. yeah yeah um who came up with the name Big Booty Mix? Or how, how'd you guys come up with that? Because it's such a perfect,
2: yeah. So, booty Mix. The story you. behind it is honestly not very, it's not as like fun <laughs> as it should be. We, it was back, like, people back then, I guess, would call, a, like, instead of a mashup, you sometimes call it a bootleg, and then people shortened bootleg to booty. So booty was actually a word, we didn't like come up with that. People would, would release their boot, you know, the the two friends booty whatever was like a mashup right mode. and then since we kind of made it where instead of just doing like a individual mashup like a three-minute song we would you know we strung together a ton of them for a full hour and made it more of like a continuous thing so we just called it the big booty mix and then it well, kind of, you know just took on a your new life.
0: Your parents must be proud that you all went to Stanford and Vanderbilt and came up with Big Booty Mix. and <laughs> yeah, yep. two Took a These
2: lot of, a lot of analytics
0: and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you had the focus groups. Sorry, they reacted well to Big yep,
2: Booty. Yep,
0: By the way, do you know off the top of your head what's the most popular Big Booty Mix ever? Because we know the answer. We did our research.
2: Yeah, I mean, it depends where you're going by. If you're going on, so like on SoundCloud, eleven is yeah. is the number uh, number one. I'd say in terms of just anecdotally what we what we see and what we hear, I'd say eleven, fifteen, seventeen are probably the top three you right know, now.
0: I was shocked, like seriously shocked. And maybe this was biased just because of uh when I heard 12, but 12 with the Lion King intro to my friends is unquestionably the yeah. favorite. I no, mean, it's it's always- sure varies by friend group, but come on, the office opening versus the Lion King. Yeah. Can-
2: so that, that's what yeah we love that how like you know every little group or school yeah. or whatever it is has has their favorites and they're all pretty passionate about it so you know
0: yeah i mean yeah, yeah i guess it's different for everybody
1: i mean for for us it was always the welcome to the black parade they, do you guys pick the opening song first and then based around now, that can we
2: parade? actually do that not not at the end but we kind of it's funny we kind of treat the intro and the outro as like separate things and just to break it down into because you know there's a lot of there's it's a fairly complex process not like i mean overall in the grand scheme of things it's actually not too complicated but it's just a lot the way you know we, we put so many songs in now that it's just very uh takes a lot of time and kind of need to stay very organized with it all so we kind of just treat everything besides the intro and the outro as the main meat of it get that all done and then simultaneously be thinking in the background like all right like what would be cool for an intro, what would be cool for the outro, and then kind of do those a little bit separately.
0: So you know what's interesting? I don't know if – I mean, you would know better, but a lot of people I know who listen to the Big Booty Mixes, there are two settings that come up the most. One is pre-games. The other is running.
2: Yeah, you a lot-
0: people plug it in. So it seems like such a big part of the Big Booty Mix appeal is the adrenaline push, the control oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, and That yeah. and I think you know, there's not too many mixes out there that where it's just continuous You don't have to keep choosing yeah. a song or hear silence um, And I think that was cool. That's cool to see how it has kind of grown into to pretty diverse Uses of it where like, you know, it's not you don't just need to be partying But yeah, like you said a lot of people yeah. work out or go on runs or we see we get cool videos all the time of like Fitness classes like spin classes play them, which is awesome um
0: I'm going to put my kids yeah. to bed with them. This is going to be, <laughs> this will be go. a new use. Put on volume that, as well.
2: that's, that's part of what led us to start them was like, you know, there definitely are a lot of hour long mixes you could find on SoundCloud or YouTube or whatever. But like a lot of them are very EDM mixes where it's like, this is, you know, a progressive house mix, or this is a deep house mix, whatever, like what you'd hear at, you know, EDC versus we try to take it, a, make it a little more, bol- a little more, uh, I guess, like, approachable so you don't have to know who Afrojack is but right. you know you could you don't listen you might not listen to a ton of electronic music but it, you know you recognize a lot of these throwback songs and the you know all these genres kind of in that format and i think has been cool
1: now do your parents
2: listen to them the, uh, i don't know how i mean they definitely check them out when they first come out but i don't know if they <laughs> really keep them on repeat
1: they don't pregame to
2: them? Yeah. Know, yeah. They definitely give suggestions. They always want to hear more oldies in them. So, Well, you know what's interesting
0: is, is also uh, Max's class is 16. I'm class of 18. So we're right around you all. And one thing that I think is especially good about the mixes is how they incorporate elements from our upbringing. So you'll hear – you'll be listening to a song, and obviously there will be iconic – openings with like lose yourself but then five minutes later you might be hearing the theme from drake and josh
2: yeah or
0: out of nowhere and all of a sudden you're like he did not just do that he just went from split (laughs) to drake and josh and i think that's a really cool part of it is is the organic you know this is what we grew up with component
2: yeah that's the funny part about that is it gets harder as we get older because like you know for the we started when we first the first big booty mix i guess i was 18 or 19 years old. And so like the stuff that we grew up on and stuff that we liked was what the main listeners, they're our same age. So, you know, if it's something that I want to hear at a college pregame, it's probably what, you know, the other person wants to hear. And now that we're, we're not old, but you know, we're 20, I just turned 27. And like, it's just funny. Cause a lot of the songs that have that nostalgia factor to me, yeah. my younger siblings would, or I only have one, but my, my younger brother and Matt's younger siblings that, you know they they like may have heard of it but they're like oh yeah like but it doesn't really mean anything to them so then right. we have to rely on we have you know we have a few people that we kind of ask to get some help on they have a better pulse on like you know what what's popular right now and what are what are some of those ones that i would never have thought people would know but they're like dude you got to put this song in like you're every day in college still i'm like all right if you say so
1: <laughs> so We want to talk about the top five, the top five party schools. The reason we're here right now. One question before that. I mean, how are you holding up with COVID and everything? I mean, this must be crushing to not be able to go perform. It's a nice break. I mean, did
0: you know? And and can I pile on one question, which is, did you know you were going to release "Looking at You"? That or did this become part of your COVID plan?
2: That we 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 were close to having it finished, and then once everything kind of shut down, we were like, all right, we need to get some music out there. Like, let's, let's get this out quick. And then now we have so much music backlogged also that we're about to start pumping out, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's obviously been tough for everyone. So like, we feel bad complaining because you know, in the grand scheme of things, things are, are okay, but definitely was tough. We, we were very lucky. We had our big tour at the beginning of this year from January to early March, um, where we were on a bus for two months. Got to go all over and that was just unreal and we were so lucky because that wrapped up march 9th and we were able to finish the last show and then literally like three days later was when it really was you know kind of like no one should do shows um but we still did you know we had so we got our our big bus tour fully completed but then we did you know definitely miss out on a lot of fun stuff we had planned for march March, April, and May are always every year kind of just typically where a lot of the fun events happen because it's spring break and colleges do their like end of the school year stuff. Right. And we do the, then the start of festival season and start of doing, we had some, we had a bunch of like international ones planned. So definitely, definitely a huge bummer. At the beginning, you know, it was our first, we had never gone two weeks, like we had the most we had ever had was like maybe a weekend off, but never like three in a row. So, at first it was like, well, you know, we could finally relax, see some friends, like, you know, do some, do some things around LA that we never get to do anymore. Um, but, but at the same time, it's like, but actually everything's shut down. So we can't really, yeah. do that. <laughs> we can't really do anything. We can't really see too many friends. Um, and so I think, you know, the, the blessing has been on the music side. We just, it's, it, we're always, when we're traveling, we're always a little bit rushed and anxious because, you know, we have like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday in the studio, but then Thursday morning, we might be on a flight and then not back till Sunday night. So we definitely now having not just, you know, Monday through Friday to be in the studio, but just not even having the lingering travel. Right. You know, even if we're, even if it's a Wednesday and we're in the studio, sometimes just knowing like, ah, shit, like we're headed out for the weekend. I got to pack up. Like it just makes everything a little more, you know, anxious. So definitely been nice to kind of, you know, take a deep breath and really, feel like we could you know get a lot of music done start a lot of new things and kind of not just be so short term thinking um look so yeah
0: you know on that subject too and hearing about looking at you and it sounds like you guys got a lot of other new music new music coming out here shortly One thing we would imagine you hear a lot, I mean, it's certainly not a thought we would have, but do you ever feel like when you're explaining to maybe your parents or your uncles or family reunion, whatever it might be, and they hear that you do mixes, that they don't really understand the artistic value there do you feel like singles get more respect when you're explaining it to family members and older people Uh,
2: i don't even think i I don't really think there's like a difference in respect or anything i think yeah you know definitely sometimes people don't really know what it what it what we do every day and like they think that because we're not doing shows that we're not doing anything and that during all of covid stuff we've kind of just been like Waiting. They know you're doing well
0: though, right? They know you're, you know, things are going well.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I think, you know, that's been I no one ever like negatively doubted us. They probably, you know, personally may have not thought it, it was a right. viable career path, but you know, we were very lucky from an early from an early time where like I think a lot of our friends and parents were like again, it was like maybe they didn't think it was going to work, but they they were okay, you know. They were happy to see us try, and then I think that put the pressure on us to be like, you know what, we're, we'll make sure we could we could make this work. And then slowly they started seeing like, okay, you know, things are going well. And then you know, it got to a point where it's like, okay, wow, like this is you know this is what what we do. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's definitely we like having the diversity of we we make original music, we make the mixes, we make remixes. We, you know, we do other fun content and fun videos. So like we love kind of having all these different facets of it. It feels very like entrepreneurial startup-y. Um, but yeah, there's definitely, you know, there's sometimes there's people that only know us for this one thing or and might not know about the other thing. Or sometimes there's people that, you know, they, they, whatever, you know, they only want to listen to singles and they don't ever want to listen to make whatever it is. Right. But, right. you know, I think... For us, it's just, we like doing a lot of things and kind of the, the whole two friends, the whole the whole experience, you know?
1: Now, w- without getting too in the weeds here, this is something people always ask whenever we're listening to it, is how do you guys do it legally in terms of the rights to all the songs that so, you
2: do? So it's a little bit of a gray area. I mean, we don't make money. I think the biggest thing that comes down to is we don't make money from Big Booty Mixes. Um, like, they're online for free. Anyone can listen to them we obviously want them to do well online, but like whether it has 1 million plays or 10 million plays, we don't see a penny from those. Really? Yeah. Just because we don't own any of the material, you know, we're using other people's material. Um, and so it would be, you know, so if you, if we, sometimes if you're doing like a remix, you could get it cleared, but that's for one song. Mm-hmm. If you're doing an hour long mix and we use the latest one, I think had 230 songs in it you know, that would take us five years to like go to every single.
1: right, right. Cause
2: then every, each song is not just one person, it, you know, each song might have five writers. So then now that's a thousand different people and lawyers. So it's just unrealistic. So for us, you know, those have just been a, a more of just a, a thing we like to do. And you know, it's fun for us to make. And obviously it, they started to grow and people really love them. And that kind of just leads to other parts, you know, you find us from that but then you might check out our original music you might buy a ticket to a show um and that the shows are really you know 90 90 of our income pretty much up till now what was was doing the show so i think it all plays into it you know obviously it's great if you know if you stream our stuff on spotify that's great to we get a little money from that but like more importantly it's just just you know if, if we want people to just join the ride you know Listen to us on Spotify. Follow us on Instagram. Come to the shows, and like all of it, kind of feeds feeds into each other.
0: Well, look, we know you, one place you perform a lot of college campuses. So let's get straight into this let's now. What we want to do is a top five list of funnest colleges. We want to hear yours, starting at five. And before we go into it, how many colleges have you visited?
2: Ooh, Just as a, as a we counted at one time. I mean, it was over a hundred.
0: Oh my I, goodness! I think we
2: count. And what was we we counted also because we're big college sports fans too of the, of like the five major conferences, I think we've been to like 60% of those schools. No, so way. that Yeah. So like we went through every conference and we're like, all right, we've been to, you know, eight, eight out of the, the pack 12, we've been to seven of this, whatever. Oh so
1: I, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say there's no
2: person on earth that better qualified yeah. to do this. <laughs> this puts you
1: in a
0: good spot. Yeah. I mean, wow, that's a, that's impressive. So, um, and you went to Notre Dame. Did you ever go to UVA, Max's? Yeah,
2: a few times actually. We, uh, I know, I forget. We it was a couple of fraternities, I think. But I feel like we did two or three. One was on Halloween, and I remember that one specifically. That was a fun one. I'm good at. We're really good at trivia now, of knowing the names of college towns. Like, let's go. I, I, yeah, so I know <laughs> like Charlottesville. You know, I know what's Notre Dame is what Fort Fort Bend.
0: Uh South Bend.
2: South You're Bend. Sure. Quick. Four, I, shit. Do you know where there.
0: Baylor is? I'll give you Baylor,
2: you Baylor is Waco, Texas.
0: Bingo. Do you know uh, Florida University, of Florida?
2: Florida. So Florida is Tallahassee. Florida is Gainesville.
0: Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Southern Missouri State. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I
2: don't know about that. <laughs> All, uh, right. All
0: right. So what's your top five? Start us at top five. five.
2: All right. I need to think about the order.
0: Give it a second. Max <laughs> okay. and I talk a lot, so we'll do it. <laughs> I mean, I'll just say this. We're going to give our list on the outro. I do want to say the funnest school I went to is Michigan. Obviously, we've been – shout out to the Fiji boys, Owen and uh, Paul (laughs) Seifert. But that was – I mean, Michigan, the college town, the vibe. Even if you don't hit every spot, you just know it's got that energy. Yeah.
2: So, yeah. So, the tough part about my list is I'm very biased to the specific shows that we played at those towns because, like, you know – we could have been lucky where just that happened to be the best party of the year. And normally people might not think it's super fun or, (laughs) you know, sometimes there's definitely party schools that would be on most people's list, but for whatever reason, if we went and it was like, yeah, that was fine. Like we didn't really, you know, we were there for three hours. We don't really always get the chance to like get the full experience. Um, but okay. Honestly, you kind of, you kind of, Put that in my mind i think michigan i'm going to put number five we did a really yeah, fun yeah. st patrick's uh like outdoor you know middle of the day tailgate and that was awesome um and i i Michigan's
0: gonna owe us money after that yeah <laughs> we're getting great plug right now yeah
2: all right let's see number four i'm gonna go with I, I can picture my top three right now. So I need to think what number it's four big
0: spot is here. Number four.
2: Hmm.
0: No pressure to put Notre Dame. I mean, who cares? <laughs> that was,
2: But see, that one was at a nightclub. So I didn't really get to go to the campus. like,
0: That was such a hot take it out. Like seriously, because I don't think a lot of performers come to South Bend and we had, I mean, it was such a hot ticket. I think I paid for two, honestly. What
1: what percent just to get the extra space for you in yeah. the club? So, what what percentage of the shows you do are at colleges? And then when you're at colleges, are they normally at frat uh, frat houses?
2: So I'd say it, it's definitely gotten lower. Like it's decreased over the years. It, when we were, you know, when we were first starting out, I'd say probably about fifty percent were at colleges. Now it's probably like twenty percent. Um, just because there's, you know, as we've grown, there's more festivals, there's more nightclubs, there's more whatever types of shows. Um, But I would say, I mean, we still do a ton. And then it was also the type of thing early on, it was definitely way more of the fraternities, like pretty much exclusively just frat parties. Then it would become still frat parties, but then a lot of them, you know, they still frat in charge, but they would rent out venues or rent out nightclubs. Sometimes it's just like there's just happens to be a, a concert venue in that college town, but it's just kind of like a public event. And then a lot of times now also it's like the school puts it on. Um, like it's, you know, it's like the welcome week concert or the end and last day of classes concert. All right. I think I got it. All right. Let's hear it Four. wait. Shit. Did I just forget? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, okay. I got it. I got it. All right. number four. Was, number four was UT Austin. UT
1: Austin Longhorns. I've I've heard that's one of the great party schools. Never been to Austin, but
2: they, you know, they just have like huge houses there, and that's one. That's, I think that was we counted, and that's tied with Alabama for just the most most times we've been to one specific campus. I think we've done like seven, seven, I think different parties at UT Austin. Um, So like, it's pretty. We just like we know that we know all the houses and kind of made our, oh, we, it was like God. a different house each time. So we kind of just make our rounds.
0: are <laughs> like the best college football brands right there. Yeah. Uh, Michigan, yeah. Texas, Alabama, you blue bloods.
1: Are you guys, are you guys able, if you're say you're going to Texas for a concert, are you able to turn it into like a weekend where you go to like the football game too? You have a whole honestly,
2: weekend? I wish I could say yes. Cause that would obviously be a lot of fun. It's pretty rare. Just yeah. because yeah. usually we have like, you know, if that's a Friday night, usually we have something Saturday night. So we got to, wake up early and, and get on a plane. And then if it was on the Saturday night, every now and then, especially if we have some friends in those cities, we'll, we'll stick around. But honestly, like, because our whole weekend is used traveling, like we were pretty, it was pretty common that we would wake up very early on Sundays and just get home because otherwise, if we sleep in and hang out, like then we get home and it's, you know, 11 PM on a Sunday night and we just missed, you know, right then we don't get to do anything with our own friends or our own family. So, we usually get home Sunday morning and then Sundays are like pretty sacred to us of like that's our one day to like, you know, watch football, go on a hike or whatever it is, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, all right, number three, to top 3. Yeah. Top th- uh so yeah, so we got Michigan, then UT Austin, number 3 I'm putting Dayton, Ohio, University wow. of. Wow, interesting.
0: Just like a Cinderella in March madness in yeah. Day. Yeah, I
2: love this. they we did this run with it was actually sponsored by like monster energy where they like it was pretty cool. They did this thing where like it was based on like uh, pre-sale tickets. So they announced us as the performer and it was open to there was there were like 75 schools eligible or something like that. And it was they had like campus reps and it's the top five schools that could buy the most tickets. Those are the ones that like win the concerts and then monster energy like puts on these concerts. And so we Dayton was one of the five schools that was part of that, that we went to and that of the five schools there, they just doubt they went insane. Like That's that amazing. was, yeah. Um, it was just a cool show. It was outdoor at this like amphitheater thing and it was packed. And I think they were definitely like, we got the vibe that it was a big, big booty school. Like <laughs> yeah. Cause we actually, we got there early that day and we actually went around and like there was some like meet and greet beer pong thing we did. And they were, everyone was just blasting big booty mixes by all those houses, which was fun. That
0: is awesome. Go Dayton Flyers. Shout yep. out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Maybe
1: we'll take a intern recruiting trip. <laughs>
0: well, you know, I, I, that's so cool to hear because if you think of Ohio schools, they are number I mean, Ohio's just known for a few of its parties. Well, well,
2: hold that thought. Hold that thought. Okay. <laughs> we'll
0: hold that thought. Yes. Please continue.
2: Number two, we're going IU, Indiana.
0: Oh baby, Bloomington, take me to Bloomington.
2: Yeah. So I, one of my best friends went there for undergrad. So I, when I was at Vanderbilt, I used to drive like once a year. I would drive from Nashville. It was like three or four hours and hang out there anyway. So I already loved it. It was just so fun there every time. And what actually, was but, the?
0: What's that event they do? The, the
2: little five hundred. Little yes. five. What's so that? I went for that. It's like so. It's actually weirdly, it's a bike race they do. But everyone, like, gets obsessed about it, and, like, they turn it into, like, tailgating, and everyone gets drunk and, like, watches the races. But and, and, like, DJs. So I went for little five, I think, freshman year, and, like, Tiesto came and Blau came. So, like, I already had a great time. And then we've played – I think we've done, like, three or four parties there. And one particular – I wish I knew the name of the house. I don't. But it was in their, like, courtyard, kind of outdoor also. And it was just – I remember they had some some, like – some dude in the house was the opener so he was already like you know warming up the party and so i remember when they like when we showed up we didn't get to see where the actual party was they like took us upstairs to kind of set up and you know drop off our stuff or whatever and then they led us to where the party was and i remember they opened the door or whatever the window or whatever it was like our first sight of the party and it was just just animals, like you know, they were it was just packed oh, and everyone was just jumping up and down, spraying water and alcohol everywhere. It was yeah, it was I don't know pretty well. Yeah. What
1: what's what's the feeling when you go? I mean, if you visit your friend there when you're like 18 years old and you're like a freshman at vandy and you know it's that's one thing. What's the feeling when you come back a few years later? Yeah, and you're I mean, you're the coolest dude on campus. Like.
2: Yeah, no, it's pretty funny, you know. Definitely like definitely feel like I've had way more fun at the parties after college than I did in college. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, yeah
0: there's hope for anyone out there looking to relive the glory days like a Vince Vaughn. So well,
2: I, now, so it's funny now because also, like I said, you know, as we've grown and kind of gotten a little older, like it's more likely that we'll do the, the school wide ones or the ones like at a venue nearby. So we, we, we honestly, at this point, we're only doing like a couple frat shows each year, if that, but when we were first doing it, you know, I was either in college or fresh out of college. So it felt like, you know, it was fun that like, the kids were my it didn't feel like I was like the creepy older guy that was like brought in <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. you know now it's like i'm on the verge of that where i'm not i'm not too old yet i think <laughs> once you hit once you hit 30 that's when it's like you kind of feel a little weird but yeah. uh be you know if you're 23 24 25 and it's like you know you just gotta go hang out and we weren't you know it's not like we were getting into like wild debauchery but like you know <laughs> we gotta go have fun and meet new kids and honestly uh, underrated part was just Like I said, we got to go to all those schools. I think that was just super cool to like travel the country.
0: Tell me if I'm wrong, but I think it also helps. The bigger your profile gets, the less creepy the 30-year-old is. Because it reminds me of when like James Franco, you know, Pike FSU has a big reputation. I'm a Florida guy myself. And, you know, there will be celebrities that go there. Like James Franco spent a weekend there or something. And then a lot of other celebrities will go. But it feels like the bigger you are – it's less weird because it's not like right. you're you're blending into the background of who's that guy with the low brim hat over <laughs> right, there
2: right, right. they know who you right, are right,
0: So right. I mean you've got that goal for you Eli you know the, so <laughs>
2: appreciate that appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. all right so what that leaves us number one
0: number one
2: and it might be an underdog, but we've been there like two or three times and it just is they just they go hard in it Miami of Ohio.
0: Oh
1: my gosh. They, that is Isn't yeah. that Isn't that no? I mean, people is that the one that people say that is the number one party school in the country? Do they oh, say wait.
2: okay, so maybe it's not the underdog.
1: Well, there's I one mean, Ohio. I always
0: I always No, get it's both. I would well, I was going to start to say there are four like yeah,
2: the, OSU is OSU is obviously great too and then OU and uh OU. 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 Yeah. That's
0: the other one. Miami That's, Ohio has Athens, a reputation Ohio. for having uh yeah, for having a great party scene. But it's so interesting that it's all four of them in Ohio. Um, whereas, you, you know, you usually think like Arizona State, Florida State, University of Arizona, uh, Cal Sa- Santa Barbara, and then, you know, you have these pop Yeah,
2: up. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, though, I think that this is definitely, definitely with our, our big bias here because some of these schools we've only been one or two times and it's like if you, if whoever, you know, if that social chair crushed it and yeah. he got he got everyone yeah. to the party... And, you know, they, they, a lot of them have kind of crazy budgets, which is like, it's just funny to me knowing at Vanderbilt, I was in Kappa Sigma. And like, I remember one party per year was like the big one where we would try to book talent and we got a DJ, our budget for a DJ was (laughs) $2,500. And that was like our big spend. And then going to some of these places where they tell us they have a $20,000 alcohol budget you know of just beer and we're like whoa like like <laughs> so you know it's just some of these places are crazy they, they just have insane oh houses God. and they they really go all out so if we get lucky and we get booked for one of their like major parties of the year then you know then they they get that's like Miami of Ohio we it was actually that one actually was not that was at this place called brick street which is right in the college town but it was like all it was like a bunch of different frats were hitting us up but i think none of them really had the budget individually so they all teamed up and convinced this there was like the main bar that everyone goes to to like do a special night there and it was just another one of those things where like we we hadn't seen the whole venue because we were backstage then we walk out on stage during our like intro song and it was like like usually usually we at least have a chance to peek out at the crowd and kind of like know like oh wow like tonight's gonna be insane right. or may, or maybe like, all right, you know, it's a little light, but hopefully it fills up. But this was one where we like, we didn't know until we're walking out on stage. And then that's awesome because you, it just like immediately adrenaline and you kind of just get amped up to do the show.
0: Now,
1: Eli, how, how hard is it when you're doing this, especially if you say you're going night after night to keep up your energy?
2: I mean, or is it- it, it? it does get, you know, it does take a toll on you, but at the end of the day, it's usually we're performing for an hour or 90 minutes. So it's like, no matter how tired we are at the airport and even, you know, for sleeping the rest of the day, like we, I think we're always able to just like, you know, you just get some adrenaline, maybe have a drink or two backstage. And it's just like, all right, let's just go have fun for an hour. And like, you know, it's hard to complain. We get to go. Our work for an hour is, you know, get to go DJ a cool event. So like, and then you know, then as soon as it's over, if you're really exhausted, you just go back to hotel and pass out.
0: Well, Eli, uh, headquartered here in Washington D.C., Roka News. Next time you are in the area when college just go back to normal, we'll be the creepy dudes in the corner <laughs> watching you perform. Yes, love it. So uh, thank you so much for coming on to the show. It's uh, we're huge fans, and uh, we're so glad that you're our inaugural episode here for tell Pop. Hey, I'm, I'm
2: honored. I'm honored. Thank you guys for for having me. This was fun to chat.